This is Dave, the Scholarship Coach, with your daily scholarship for Friday, December 15th, 2023. Today, I am joined by Dave Walker. Dave is a ACT and SAT test prep coach and expert. Dave, thank you for joining us. All right. Thank you for having me, Dave. I certainly appreciate it. Yeah, absolutely. Well, I'm so appreciative for you coming on today um, because we're starting to see college um, admissions uh, decisions coming back. And just recently, in my neck of the woods, Florida State released decisions. And of course, some students are very happy. Others are, you know, a little disappointed. And so things like improving their test scores could be on their mind. Um, I think what we're going to talk about today are three common misconceptions around improving test scores. But before we get into that, could you just give us a little more introduction of yourself, who you are, uh, what you do, and, and all that good stuff? You got it. So yeah, I'm I'm Dave Walker, uh, test ACT and SAT test prep tutor extraordinaire. <laughs> uh, I've been doing this for full time, uh, ACT and SAT tutoring for about ten years now, just okay. barely shy of ten years. Um, so when I started this, I was actually the academic director of uh, a school in a private school in Los Angeles, and. Uh, I was doing a little tutoring on the side, uh, a side hustle, as mm -hmm. the as the as the cool kids say, yep. <laughs> and uh, but not test prep. Uh, okay. And and at some point, I don't I don't remember even how exactly it happened, but somebody either somebody at the tutoring center I was working for or a student asked me if I could help them with the SAT. I said, yeah, well, yeah, sure, no problem. You know, the verbal uh, part of the SAT. Mm -hmm. uh, so I said, yeah, sure. That you know, how hard can it be? Well. Uh, it actually turned out to be a little a little more challenging than I expected, uh, primarily just because it wasn't so easy to figure out how the test worked. Mm -hmm. You know, okay. why why is one answer correct versus another answer that seems very plausible incorrect? And what, you know, what's the pattern? Uh, what's uh -huh. the system behind? You know, how could I know for sure every right. time which answer is correct and which one isn't? Um, yeah, that wasn't obvious at all to me. And so, and of course, that's what my students want to know. How can I know? Right. Right. So, I, so you know, it was a curious thing. I started looking into it. Um, and the more I looked into it, the more I found that answers to these types of questions are not actually so easy to find. Okay. A lot of the, you know, a lot of the materials that I came across weren't really helping all that much, weren't helping okay. me as a tutor to help my students. So this just piqued my interest more because I figured, well, there's got to be some, you know, there's mm -hmm. got to be some system to this, right? Yeah. Well, I eventually did find some resources that did help me to figure things out or at least get started figuring things out. Mm -hmm. And so, uh, you know, one thing led to another. I, I continued looking into it just largely out of curiosity. Um, and, and because I continued to have a student here or there that wanted help with the SAT, uh, and started sort of putting together a, a system. And okay. it didn't take too long before that system started having some decent results for my students. Mm -hmm. And when you help people, when you actually help people get score improvements on the SAT and ACT, I mean, significant score improvements, yeah. you know, your word travels fast. So before I knew it, I had lots of, of students, SAT and ACT students. And one mm -hmm. thing led to another, and I just started doing it full time. Awesome. That's great. Uh, yeah. Yeah. And so, you know, that's that's how I got rolling in it. Mm 
Okay. Uh, about a year ago, I decided it's time to get serious about putting all this knowledge that I've accrued over the last 10 years, because I was, you know, the whole time I've been sort of refining my system and, and still, you know, figuring things out. Uh, and so about a year ago, I decided to start putting that into writing. Mm -hmm. And that led to Quiz Hacker test prep on Substack. Uh, if your awesome, audience, yeah. I'm sure your audience is familiar with Substack because you have your own, uh, you know, uh, blog posts and newsletter on Substack. So, yeah. yeah well, hopefully they are. <laughs> you know, I, I don't know how much crossover I have between my my podcast listeners and my Substack readers. But, yeah, the I my my methodology is it's the same content on both places. It's just where do you prefer to find me? Um, gotcha. But, yeah, I yeah. found you on Substack. Or, actually, I do think I, I first ran into you on Twitter. And then I quickly mm -hmm. went over to your Substack. And I was really just blown away at... Um, the information you have and just how nicely your Substack is laid out. I'm quite jealous and I might spend some of my winter break here um, making some improvements to mine because it's it's just laid out so well and there's just just tons of really incredible information on there. Well, thank you. Yeah, I, you know, I'm doing my, that my the idea behind it. And by the way, if you want to, I mean, I'm a novice when it comes to the Substack thing, in, in my opinion. So, but if you want some pointers on, you know, what I did to make to make the site look like it does, uh, just let me know. I, I might but, take uh, I, on that. <laughs> yeah, I'd, I'd be happy to help. You know, Christmas is a, a slow time for test prep, so I will have some, okay. yeah. some availability for that. Awesome. But the idea behind putting my, you know, publishing on Substack is making this information, these all these strategies and tactics available to the general public at a much lower cost than what it would, you know, what it would be for private one-on-one tutoring. Right. The stuff, the information you find on my Substack, is exactly the same information that my private students get. In fact, it's better in a way because it's written. Mm -hmm. So I have to make sure that it's very clear Right. You know, and easy to understand. You know, sometimes when you're talking, it doesn't come out right. And you don't have time, and especially in a tutoring session, mm -hmm. to go back and restate everything that you didn't feel came out perfectly. Right. But with a blog post, you, you know, you do, right? You have that opportunity to make it perfect yeah. before you push publish. So it's the same information that my students are getting. Uh, a lot of it is free. Uh, and then mm -hmm. the, yeah. the part that is behind a paywall yeah, is much less than what you pay for private tutoring. Yeah, yep, absolutely. Well, um, we will close with a little bit more information about um, the Substack and how people can can get in touch with you. But uh, in the meantime, let's start out. Uh, let's get into the three common misconceptions that people have about improving their test scores. What is the the first common misconception? Yeah. So the first, the most common question that I get from people or the most common comment that I get from, you know, new clients or prospective new clients is, hey, my child does really well in school, right? But the SAT score or the ACT scores doesn't seem to be up to the level mm -hmm. that the grades are. Right. What right. It, what's the deal with that, right? And a lot of people think they're unique in this, like, oh, you know, there must be something wrong with, with us, right? Yeah. Because yeah. there's this mismatch. No, that is not a unique situation at all. That's an extremely common situation. Mm -hmm. uh, and 
Why is that? Well, in a nutshell, it's because the SAT and same thing with the ACT, they are not simply straightforward measurements of your academic achievement. Okay. They're not. Okay. I mean, it is. So in other words, you know, you hear it said that the SAT tests how good it's a, you know, it's a joke, right? The SAT tests how good you are at taking the SAT. <laughs> right. Right. Yeah. Well, yeah, you know, there's some truth to that. Uh -huh. There, there's absolutely some truth to that. Um, now, does being a good student and getting good grades help to get a higher SAT, ACT score? Yeah, absolutely, it does. Sure. Okay, if you're not doing well in school, um, you know, no strategy or tactic is somehow going to magically enable you to score perfectly mm -hmm. on one of these exams. Okay. Right. So certainly not just about strategies and tactics, but these tests are not simply measuring how well you do in school. You have to learn specialized strategies and tactics mm -hmm. uh, in order to achieve your, your maximum potential score, right. right? Whatever is the highest that you're capable of. And a lot of people just don't really realize that. And so they're surprised when their test score doesn't match uh, their, their grades, okay? Yeah. Yep. This the second common uh, misconception is I'm going to cheat and do a two and one here for number two. Okay. okay? So there's because it kind of go together. There's there's what I call churn the churn and burn approach, which is where people think that if they just knock out enough practice tests, that you know their score will just keep going up and up, and mm -hmm. eventually they'll hit their target score. Mm -hmm. And that is not the case because although there's certainly nothing wrong with doing practice tests, right? right? I strong, strongly encourage it and it is necessary, but it has diminishing returns, quickly diminishing returns. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Again, because, well, you got to learn the strategies and tactics, right? right, right. Uh, in order to really make the most of that practice. And so, you know, just doing practice test after practice test after practice test practice test is not enough. It's really, really important to analyze your performance in between practice tests. Mm -hmm. And then along with that um, is the tips and tricks mindset where you know, people think, well, okay, I'm going to do practice tests. And then maybe at the end, you know, right before the exam, I'll, I'll get some information, you know, uh, read, uh, you know, spend an hour reading a test prep book or spend an hour or two with a tutor and get some tips and tricks and then I'll be good to go. Mm -hmm. That doesn't work because even if the tips and tricks are solid, right? right the strategies that you learn, uh, the information itself, the knowledge itself does next to nothing. Mm. Uh, it's just like if someone were to, you know, if you play sports, if you coach, teaches you a new complex play mm -hmm. on the chalkboard. Okay, here's the play on the chalkboard. You know, there's a lot of new elements to it and maybe there's some new technique to it. Okay, guys, now go execute it in the middle of this high pressure, you know, uh, game, right? Yeah. The championship game, go. Well, boy, that's probably not going to turn out too well. Right, right. Because right. you have to break that into pieces and drill it in practice mm -hmm. before you're ready to actually perform and make it work for you. Right. And well, the same thing here. Uh, the same thing would be true of music. Right? You, if, right. you can have your music instructor, your music, you know, your violin teacher 
show you how to do this difficult piece of music that maybe involves, you know, it's a new piece of music or something. Um, and you can watch and, and, and get it, right? Oh yeah, I see, I see what you're doing. That doesn't mean you can immediately play it yourself. Right. It takes, right. Uh, it takes hammering it in through practice, okay? So those, that's number two, the churn and burn and, and the tips and tricks mindset. Mm -hmm. uh, no practice is, is necessary and practice with analysis. And then last but not least, this is not magic. You know, I don't want one and two, misconceptions one and two to make people think, oh my gosh, this is really complicated. This is over my head, or this is some kind of hocus pocus, you know, magic kind of thing that uh, maybe I'm just, you know, not good enough to, uh, you know, to take advantage of it. No, getting better at the ACT or the SAT, it's a skill. Mm -hmm. And it's like any other skill, anybody can improve their score uh, because all you need to do to improve your score is what you need to do to improve at any other skill. Learn some technique, practice it, and get some feedback from a decent coach, right? In fact, and this is really important, there's definitely no magic to it. You do not have to be, you know, super smart. In fact, the students who are super smart or who can think of themselves that way are often at a disadvantage without, okay. without a doubt. My strongest students in, in terms of score improvement are always the ones, there's two characteristics that always define the, you know, the people who, who improve the most. Okay. And that is they have focus. They are focused on learning and applying the strategies and tactics mm -hmm. and consistency. They show up every week or yeah. twice every week. They always do the homework and they're not expecting it to happen in two weeks. Yep. You know, yep. it doesn't, it doesn't take forever. It doesn't take six months or anything, but yeah. they're, they're in it for the long haul, meaning you know, whatever it is, two or three months. And the people who just stick with it and are focused and consistent for two or three months straight, man, do they get results, yeah. right? Yep. Whereas students who think, well, you know, I'm super smart. Um, the idea of having to work at it consistently and actually memorize strategies is sort of bruising to the ego. Right, right. And they, they almost resist it. You know, like I shouldn't need to do that. Yeah. Well, if, if you want to, you know, if you want to uh, achieve your maximum potential score, you do. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. I, I find that um, with students that I work with as well, especially the first piece of that where um, it, they'll apply for a few scholarships and if they don't get an immediate win, they give up. And yep. it, it's very much a similar process. It, I call it building the scholarship muscle. You need to, yeah. you need to put in the work and you need to um, apply a lot before you're going to start to see success. Even if you won yeah. your first scholarship, there's a long gap between the day you apply and the day they announce the winner. And if you're not the type of person who can um, motivate yourself to keep working without that reward right there, you're going to, it's going to be tough. And sounds like it's the same for, for the standardized tests as well. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. Great. Well, this is um, really interesting. Can we, um, let's shift gears just slightly. We'll stay on the, the idea of talking about um, improving test scores, but I kind of led into this by mentioning that students are starting to either get acceptances or rejections for, for college or maybe deferrals. Um, for, for a senior who is, you know, we're here, we are December 15th. Um, is it too late for them to even think about improving their test scores? Uh, well, it depends on the 
Not necessarily is the okay. short answer, right? But it would depend. I mean, if they're going for early decision, yes, I think yes, it's, it's right, late, right, right. But otherwise, it depends on the you know the absolute. Uh, not even application deadline, but test course su submission deadline mm -hmm. for the various colleges that they're applying to. And, and different colleges would have different policies and different colleges would probably make exceptions to right. the official policy. Yep. So, you know, if you, if you need to improve your score, um, call or check the college website, first mm -hmm. of all, to the schools you're applying to. And even if you're past the deadline or, you know, the next score that would roll in would come in past the deadline, call the school, contact yeah. the school, see if you can get them to make an exception. Mm -hmm. You never know. The next SAT is in March, okay. uh, at the beginning of March. And the scores usually come back, you know, within two weeks of the test date. And the next ACT is in February. So okay. Yeah, there is, you know, depending on the school you're applying to, there's likely or possibly still time to sneak in one more attempt uh, for next year. Okay, okay. Now, there is a change to to that, and that is that it's a digital uh, SAT this next round. Is that correct? Am I right about that? Yeah, yeah, that's okay. right. The last, the last paper SAT of all time was just a couple weeks ago. Okay. And so starting in March... Uh, the U.S. is going to be, the U.S. SAT will be digital from here on out. Okay. Yeah. All right. Well, that's definitely something students need to keep in mind if they've been practicing with, you know, a paper test um, mentality and now they're moving to digital. So it's it's important that they are aware of that. Yeah. And I, <clears throat> I don't know how much time, if any, we have to talk about this, but there yeah. are significant changes. Not just, it's not just a matter of doing the test on paper versus doing it uh, on a computer. Of course, that in itself is a big change, mm -hmm. right? right? But uh, there are also really big format changes uh, to, to the exam. So I don't know if you want to get into that now or save that for another, another time. Yeah, well, let's, let's hit those just kind of quickly at a high level. Sure. Well, I'm just talking, going to talk about the reading and writing sections because that's what okay. I specialize in. Okay. Uh, but, so... But well, I'll take that back a little bit. The test uh, as a whole is getting significantly shorter. Hmm. I think it's it's about three hours now uh, okay. of actual test taking time. And it's getting uh, shortened to somewhere around two, two hours and 15 minutes. Okay. So they're taking about 30, 45 minutes off the total exam time, which is great, right? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I like that because what is the SAT supposed to be about? It's supposed to be about measuring your ability, right? You're measuring your academic achievement and, and measuring your, you know, um, mental acuity, your ability to, your grammatical knowledge, your ability to analyze texts. Well, so physical exhaustion, it, it, to the extent that physical exhaustion of negatively impacts your performance, the test is not measuring what it's supposed to be measuring right right, right. Mm -hmm. so a shorter exam is better in that sense mm -hmm. uh now the question is you know are they able how are they able to you know if they're able to measure it in two minutes and 50 or two hours and 50 minutes now why weren't they always doing that right well the digital format enables them to do that they're switching uh the the type of um system 
right? The design of the exam is actually changing so that they're able to measure the same stuff in a shorter period of time, mm -hmm. basically. Right. Uh, that's not the only change, though. With regard to reading and writing specifically, there's a couple of, of good things, what most people would be consider to be good. The historical documents passage is going away. Okay. okay. Um, the historical documents passages were pretty notorious because they were, you know, um, very. They, these are speeches and and essays from usually from the 1700s. Mm -hmm. Okay, had a lot of archaic vocabulary, a lot of archaic uh, historical references that people mm -hmm. aren't necessarily familiar with. Right. But they were hard. They were just hard to understand, mm -hmm. let alone you know and answer questions right. uh, and analyze the text. Those are going away. Um, standard or more traditional type of vocabulary questions are coming back, okay. which a lot of people, a lot of people are like, oh no, you know, you know, vocabulary questions are coming back. That's bad. But we still had vocabulary questions on the, you know, the paper SAT. Yeah. They were just a different form. It was called vocabulary in context. And most people thought they were easier, hmm. but well, if you didn't take the test, it sounded easier, okay. but when you actually tried to do them, uh -huh. they are actually often more challenging than just standard old vocab questions. So uh, I think it's a good thing for students that the standard vocab questions are coming back. Um, historical docs is going away. That's nice, mm -hmm. right? Um, but on the flip side, you get a lot more questions that require you to, for example, support the author's argument, choose an answer choice that provides support for the author's argument, or choose an answer choice that weakens, that subverts mm, the okay. author's argument. I call these logical operations questions, or questions that ask you to draw a logical conclusion from the author's claim. Okay. okay. These, a lot more on the digital SAT than the paper version, and these, uh, it's, students are finding these questions challenging, right? Okay. Okay. So the, lo the logic can be a little subtle there. So that is something that is new to the exam that you definitely want to be thinking about uh, in terms of your prep, because if you're unready for this question type and the number of these questions you get, um, it's, it, you're going to struggle. And then th there's one last thing I should mention. So, uh, it used to be on the paper SAT, there was a reading section and a writing and language section. Mm -hmm. Section They were separate. Right. They've collapsed those together. So okay. now you have one reading and writing section mm -hmm. that includes reading and then your grammar questions, right? Okay. Which is typically how people would refer to the writing language section. Mm -hmm. um, they've collapsed those into one section. There are two modules for that one section. So okay. reading and writing module one, reading and writing module two. Now here's the interesting thing. Reading and writing module one is going to be the same for every test taker, all right? Okay. However, there are two versions of module two. Okay. A less difficult version and a more difficult version of module two, reading okay. and writing. And this same, the same is true for math, by the way. Okay, okay. all right. So 
how you do on module one will determine whether you get the more difficult or the less difficult version of module two. If you get the less difficult version of module two, your score has a, has a ceiling on it. Even mm, if you okay. do perfect, you know, score uh -huh. perfectly on module two, you're not going, you're in, it's impossible for you to get a perfect score on the section itself. Right. Because you're, cap, you're capped. Right. 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 Yep. So what are the implications of that? Well, the implications of that are, it's really, really important to do as, as, as well as you can on module one, because mm -hmm. you really want to get to that module two, if possible. Right. Right. Because yep. that just, you know, that, that makes it possible. It, it, it enables you to avoid the cap. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, as you were explaining that, I kind of thought about an analogy of you could, you could get an A in, um, I don't know, let's say U.S. history, but you can't get that 5.0 because it's not AP U.S. history. So exactly. Same, same right. thing, right? Yeah. Yeah. That, that's a great analogy. Yeah. 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 Cool. Well, this has been really fascinating, really interesting. Um, for students who are looking for for test prep help, um, whether it's improving their score or going in the first time, um, let's talk a little bit about quizhacker.substack.com and, and the resources that you provide. Yeah, absolutely. So yes, visit me at quizhacker.substack.com. Uh, I add new content to that every week. Uh, what does it have now? It's it's got so one the, the the thing that I'm most excited about on the Quiz Hacker site is something I call the question type inventory, QTI for short. Okay. And all that is is a very basic, simple idea. I take for every official practice test, and by the way, only use official practice tests when yeah. you're yeah. Uh, for people who are prepping uh, or, you know, try only to use them because, yeah, they are much better uh, than non-official practice tests right. for a variety of reasons. So for every official exam, uh, I for the reading and writing sections, because that's what I specialize in, I list every single question and, and next to the question number, I list the question type what type of question is that right because okay. every different question is a different question type or you know has its own question type and it's important to know what type of question you're dealing with and those question types are linked to my strategy article for that question type and then also next to the link for the strategies are practice drills practice questions Okay. okay. So what you can do, if you, if you did practice test one, right? Oh, I did SAT practice test one and I missed, you know, these eight questions, mm -hmm. right? On the reading and writing section. Okay. Now what? Right. Yeah. Okay. I see that I missed them. Go to the QTI, the question type inventory, look up the questions you missed. You say, oh, okay. I see. That's a function question. Okay. What am I supposed to do on those? Mm -hmm. How would I know that it's a function question? What am I supposed to do? Click yeah. the link. This, the article will tell you, this is how you know what kind of question it is. Here's what you do on them. Okay, great. Now that I know that, I need to practice it. Nice. Click the link next to the strategy link and you'll get some practice drills. Okay. So uh, that's, the I think, the best resource on the site. Of course, you, 
you know, you can just go straight to the strategy articles if you want to, just go straight to the practice questions if you want to. Um, I also have lots of free uh, material on the site, including some strategy articles and, and okay. some, some drills. Also the newsletter, I have a newsletter on there called The Score that comes out about once a month. Uh, those are all free. Okay. And that's just more general information, like what we're talking about, stuff we're talking about today. Right, okay. So yeah, th that's those are some of the resources available on the site. And also uh, on the site, if you go to quizhacker.substack.com slash scholarship Dave, <laughs> right, uh, you will get a 20% discount to oh, wow. the, uh, yeah, for your subscribers, right? 20% discount to my Substack, yeah. Oh, that's great. Well, I appreciate that. That is, that's wonderful. Well, yeah, I, I really highly recommend um, people check out your Substack. Again, it's uh, quizhacker.substack.com. And I guess go ahead and add that scholarship Dave slash scholarship Dave if, if you are interested in um, becoming a, a, a member and, and getting access to even more of, of what you're offering. Absolutely. Yeah, great. Well, Dave, thank you so much for your time today. Thanks for your expertise and for sharing that with us. Um, look forward to having you on the show sometime again in the near future, I hope. All right, Dave, thank you very much. Thanks for having me. Great, thank you. Are you still looking for the perfect gift for your college-bound student? Well, look no more. Check out Go to Class, How to Succeed at College by Karen Dentler. This book is full of engaging tips about how to thrive at college and provides authentic insider secrets from an experienced higher education professional. That's Go to Class, How to Succeed at College, the perfect gift book for your college-bound student. Find it wherever books are sold, or you can click the link in the show notes of today's episode.